Um, so, welcome to our first episode of The Wrestling Rib. Yes, welcome, welcome. Our, so, our first episode, we decided we're going to do talk about Brody Lee, John Huber, Luke Harper, whatever you know him as. Yeah, the best place you want to know him as. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, even in the Indies, he used the Brody Lee thing before WWE and stuff, too. So. And I guess we can start out with uh, talking about what everybody knows is he had passed away on December 26th of 2020. From what I gathered, his wife had, from his wife's tweet on Twitter, she said that he was having non-COVID related lung problems. She didn't exactly clarify what kind of problems with his lungs, just that's all she said. And from... What I also heard is Dave Meltzer apparently had released some information after, like, about a week after it had happened. Like, so I guess probably a few days ago that he had been in the hospital for almost two months before he passed away. Yep, in the ICU. Yeah. And that, and I also stated that he uh, was apparently working out before he went to the hospital. He said he couldn't finish his, uh, like his, like workout because he couldn't. He's having trouble breathing. So that's the all. That's all the information I really had on it that I had read offline and things like that. That's that's pretty much the same exact information I've been hearing as well and reading upon from uh, from all the articles that I've been reading about his death uh, from his passing and everything like that. That's uh, everybody just talking about how big of an influence this is on the wrestling community of his passing so soon, so young. Yeah. Like, I. I first time I saw him, I, I really didn't see him in the indies, was WWE as Luke Harper. Um, I mean, I didn't watch anything from NXT. I just recently watched his debut from NXT, where Bray Wyatt brought him in against Jordan. Yeah, that was the first time. I, I watched that, actually, I think earlier today. It was the first time I ever seen his debut on NXT. I don't think I ever seen any of the stuff from NXT other than that. Yeah, really. that's, that's the only thing I've been really seeing. But, like, everybody, it's, it's, the way that everybody act didn't know what to get from him. Everybody was so amazed by, well, not amazed, but just awed by his look, how they portrayed Luke Harper. Yeah. Nobody knew what to say. The crowd didn't know what to do. That's... Yeah, that's, that's what I got out of it, too. Like, everybody wasn't sure what, who he was, what was going on. But the match was good. I finished the whole match. Um, yeah. Did his disco lariat. Yep. But when he came, when Wyatt family first came out, I didn't know anything. I knew I knew who Bray Wyatt was. Husky Harris. Everybody knows who. Yeah. Hell, even the fans chanted Husky, Husky. 
when he first came in. I thought that was the funniest shit in the world. But <laughs> but then he didn't really have much of a speaking part until a little bit later down the road with the Y family. Yeah. And that's he, one thing. Sorry, but no, good. since we're on the subject of the talking thing, that was one of the things I whenever I listened to their podcast, they had he had touched on where he said that before AEW, he really didn't know, like he never had interviews, he never had that much speaking. So whenever like he was being interviewed by like Tony Schiavone and things like that, he didn't know how to react because he's never been in that position where he had to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, I could definitely tell also, too. Like, but when he first sp- spoke in WWE, that does his voice. Like, it, it was it was something else. It, it kind of, like, I, I'm a big Undertaker fan. It kind of, like, like this, the chills of how he spoke. Yeah. As Luke Harper. Yeah. No, but, I can't, like you, I can't say I've seen him before WWE, but after seeing him in WWE, I kind of looked into him earlier when I first started sawing and I saw a couple matches whenever he was in Chikara and stuff like that and the fact that I, the stuff I saw him do because you don't see you never got to see him really be him in WWE and that's because no. after watching stuff like when he was in Chikara and stuff this big man does like her Karanas and other stuff like that like he was doing crazy stuff for a six foot seven dude. The way to, was that was about his weight, and you don't see that much with people his size. I mean, no. The only other person I've ever seen his size do things like that is, quite honestly, off the top of my head, um, what the, hold on, I just lost his name. Oh, wait. Lance Archer, that's it. Oh, yeah, Lance Archer, yeah. Like how Lance Archer does that moonsault when he's holding on their arm and everything like that. that yeah, that's something. Nuts. That's just crazy. Yeah. But Luke, Luke Harper, well, sorry, Brody Lee, John Huber, he could do Luke that Hall. stuff. And it, they just never utilized him the way he could have been utilized. That's what WWE doesn't do, though. Like, uh, this is just going off, top, uh, off the topic of John here, but... Like, that's what WWE does. They don't utilize big athletes who are agile like like him. A bunch of other people that they don't utilize correctly. But yeah. that's another episode another day. <laughs> yeah, since another this epi- <laughs> yeah, since the first episode we're talking about is about John. So, yeah. don't want to get off topic, off topic. But, but, so, like, when... When you sent, when when you first sent me, the because it was you who said talked or sent us the notification about John's passing. Yeah, I I was just it, it seemed like it was Eddie all over again. Yeah, it was just one of those big shocks. Yeah, I mean I couldn't believe it when I read. At first I was like I had to double t- look at who shared it because I was like that's gotta be something. Then I'd share, see it was actually holy wrestling with jared i was like holy shit it's this is one of those things that like a guy that that was that healthy seemed that healthy pass away so young so 
this early in his career, this like going early off. And abrupt. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like we talked about, it's just, it's just like Eddie all over again. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, with the way people talked about him, it really is kind of like Eddie all over again because the impact he had on the professional wrestling world, not just fans, but, like, the actual people that worked with him. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not one person who could say a bad thing about him. No. Like, I, I when we when I watched the post-show of AEW, because I wanted to... Uh, talk about that i want to hear about the tnt title which you said something about which we're going to go on to later in this episode like what they're going to do with it design wise but way like lance archer is his character is a baby face i'm thinking now but when he first came to AEW, it was hill straight on hill yeah but like the way that he talked about brody was something off off the books like how amazing he was and all the stories i read and listened to and watched about brody like you can see that it was one of these guys that cared about everybody cared about definitely his family cared about everything that's going on in the world of wrestling yeah Yeah. and on that note about the whole caring thing i don't know if you saw the thing where brandy had made a post uh, on Twitter about him and about the whole thing between him and Cody. And whenever he p- did the promo where he had said after he had won the title off of Cody and he had said those things about Brandy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I guess before he had actually went out to wrestling, he went and talked to Brandy and told her what he was going to say and things like that just to make sure she was okay with it. And I guess after the it all had happened, he had went to the back, and I guess he brought them a Cody a bottle of whiskey and had and she had said something about I can't believe you said this and this, and she said he literally got distraught, like he was upset because he thought she was being serious, like he thought he hurt her feelings. Yeah. And she's like, I was, I had to tell him I was just joking. Because that's how much he cared about the people he worked with. This, like, I, I didn't know anything about his life out of wrestling. Like, just the way his characters act. Like, you thought he was, like, an asshole. But yeah. he's not. He wasn't. No, he. that's the thing that they made pretty apparent on BTE is whenever yeah. he... Whenever he has a character, that's he stays in that basically the whole time on camera. He wants you to believe that's who it is. So, changing subjects since we talked about, well, we can go more on the subject, but talking about the impact of everything happening, which we can go on, like I said, more towards it. But yeah. his character on BTE as. <laughs> Mr. Brody Lee with the Dark Order. His his character when I watched when I watched the tribute BTE show Monday about him, oh my god, that was the funniest thing I ever watched him like I mean other than the stuff that he did, but all like the stuff like the bloopers and everything, like you could tell that he was having the time in his life. Oh yeah. And throw the papers. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Uno. (laughs) Poor Silver. 
Yeah. Uh, they actually had mentioned that about in their podcast. They asked him about the BTE stuff, and he said that he's like, uh, he's like, it was so hard to keep a straight face for most of it. He's like, but whenever I was behind the scenes, he's like, I tried to hide behind Brandon. So when I laughed, it didn't mess them up. He's like, it, he's like, but he's like, everybody would laugh. He's like, except for Stu Grayson. He's like, he's like, that motherfucker was a stone wall. Nothing could face him. <laughs> I like the one, I like the when uh, I think it was Silver talking about him during one of the episodes of ET. Um, yeah. What was, uh, what's Trent's mother's name? Sue. Oh, Sue. Sue. Yeah, when, when she had, Sue, when he had Sue throw the papers at Silver. Like, yeah. He, she threw it terribly. And then he was like, get it again, get it again. You can see in his face that he's, he's laughing, laughing so hard. He's trying to keep it in character, but it was. Yeah. The, oh, my God. And he said a lot of that stuff. They actually only ever had to refilm two things. He said it through the whole BTE thing. He's like, most everything they ever did was one take done. He's like, whether they laughed or not, he's like, that's why a lot of times you'll see Anna Jay in the background laughing and stuff. <laughs> and then that's when they started the whole crying thing. Like, are you, why are you crying? Are you crying? But they're actually laughing. Yeah, they're actually laughing. Cover it. Yeah, they're just trying to cover it up. <laughs> oh my god. But to be able to do all that stuff in just one take is crazy. It is. It's really crazy. It's this something, honestly. Yeah. And the uh, I'm trying to think what are some other stuff. Did you you watch the post show, right? Yeah, well, I Where watched they, the post show. Yeah. Yeah, like it sucks. I because uh, Lance Archer said he had been talking about trying to do like a thing Matt, with him. Yeah, I, that would have been a. Well, and even a feud of some sort, anything would have been amazing to see them two go at it. With it sucks that it won't ever get to happen now, though. Yeah. And, well, and Dar- that's. And Darby said the same. Darby said the same thing. Like he when he, he same thing with like I said the same thing with Darby. He wanted that's the one thing that he wanted to do is yeah. have a match with him. Mm. And and that's the. Th- that's like I seen somebody who had posted. This is I guess somebody who used to watch wrestling and hasn't watched it in like they said like ten or eleven years. Mm-hmm. But they said from seeing Brody and WWE to seeing they guess they caught him on AEW at one point. They said you he just seemed so much happier in AEW than he did when he was doing his characters in WWE. Yes. And you could genuinely tell that it, he was he'd seemed more relaxed, more easygoing, things like that. And he, they asked him about that, and he said he, this is the first time where he's actually got to do what he wanted and not being told by somebody that what to do. So he, at first, he really didn't know how to handle that situation because he's never been in a position where he could do what he wants, say what he wants, things like that. It's just, it's just something to honestly think about, like, with everything happening. I mean, there's, yeah. I'm just trying to think of a lot of things to talk about towards him, which, I mean, we do have some things to talk about, yeah. but it's, it's kind of hard to think 
about like everything that he's done for this business helped yeah helped and helped everybody with this business loved yeah. his family everything but that i mean we can talk about some of the matches that we can remember things that we can touch on like some maybe memorable moments from some of his matches and things and honestly the one thing i do have to say that i wish they would have done more with when he was in wwe is once they had made the bludgeon brothers i that that team could have done so much more but they basically just shoved it under a rug mm-hmm. like when i saw like when they made the bludgeon brothers like that was that was such an interesting combo like it's an interesting story but then it just went to shit yeah and he had touched base on that as well the bludgeon brother name because they had asked him they asked him why like where the name came from and he's like Vince had given it to him, and he said, whenever they asked Vince, why did you call us the Bludgeon Brothers? He's like, because it sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, then. <laughs> like, I wish, like, I, I know WWE's PG, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. But they should have used the hammers a lot more that they had. Yeah, they can, those hammers, though, you know they were, like, styrofoam. They could still use them more than yeah. they did. And it's not even the fact that using them. It's just they didn't utilize them as a tag team very well. They should have held the tag team titles for a long time. Because basically, to me, they were the modern-day Brothers of Destruction. Yes, I agree. And if not, I mean, nothing to take away from Kane, nothing to take away from the Undertaker. They, in my opinion, probably were better than them two when they were Mm -hmm. together. Agreed. Because... Not only did you have Luke Harper that was powerful, agile, like athletic, but Harper had shown time and time again in his career that, or not Harper, but uh, Rowan had showed time and time again that he could uh, do some pretty like agile moves as well. And so they had something that they could have done something good with, and I wish... He would have, Rowan would, would have been able to come to AEW and this would have never happened because I feel like if he would have joined Brody Lee in the Dark Order, they would have been one hell of a oh, yeah. force to be reckoned with in AEW. Now, with WWE, like, there's one thing that kind of bugs me about WWE, how they did a tribute to... Uh, Brody or John. Yeah. He, all they did was at a member, uh, like a memory of at the beginning. Yeah, some wrestlers did do some of his moves, said, yeah, 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 like he used to yeah. as Luke Harper, but didn't do much. Didn't even give him the 10 bell salute. Like, well, I've seen people speculating on the whole 10 bell salute and not doing a tribute video, because they did recently release a tribute video after a after Dynamite had really yeah. did all their stuff. But people were speculating that out of respect for the current company that he's working for, that's why they didn't do the 10 Bell Salute and didn't release an actual tribute video. It doesn't matter, Which, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't call, I'm calling bull on that, because it doesn't matter if it's 
who's currently working with the company. If you're paying respect to somebody who currently worked for you and you didn't do the 10-bell salute or didn't want to do it because of that, it's bullcrap. I'm sure AEW would have understood and not yeah. made a big deal about it. Like, and then I, I loved AEW's tribute to him. Oh, yeah. tribute was, like, amazing. I Like I told you on, like, a text when I text you, I don't, not, not even when Eddie, I can't even think of any company ever doing a complete show dedicated to the honor of one person. No, I, I haven't no seen No indie that I've ever seen, no other companies that I've ever seen ever done anything like that. Like, every member of the Dark Order was either ringside or... Well, they all came out, but they at least had a match. Every single one. Yeah. And they all well, not all of too. them. Al- Alan Angels didn't have one for some yeah. reason. Yeah, and that's why one. I don't understand why he wasn't in a match. I don't, he, they could have put him in something. Uh, he was. I think he was watching over little Brody, though. It might have been. But, um, but all the matches they honored to Brody, like... The Cocobana match that they had with the Young Bucks. That was really yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Freaking Colt was having a hard time keeping it together. You could see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could definitely see like it. The whole, like the whole match, he was trying to fight back tears. And uh, on that note, also, I mean, I watched... After, he, would, he was streaming late those nights after he passed away, like... There was times I'd get notification where Colt, Bit, Colt Cabana was streaming at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I popped into one just to see. And you could see he was just not... He looked rough. I think he was having trouble sleeping, so he was just streaming to try to take his mind off things. Yeah. Makes sense. But, like, all, all, all the matches... That they had the whole entire show was yeah. good. that that last video, the last video memorial that they had for him. Mm-hmm. That had all the pictures. Yeah, everything like like, like that that choked me up a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm 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 glad I'm I mean I'm sure they got the rights too, but I'm glad that they just said screw it and put the pictures of him and Bray together and things like yeah. that. Honestly. But, I don't think I don't think it's towards WWE that they have to have the credit. Like, I think it's the people that are in the photos. That's the way I'm taking it. Well, so, it doesn't. You got to look at it this way though. WWE makes a big deal about people, wrestlers being in something that they're not a part of. So yeah, I'm sure they had to get the okay from WWE to put a picture of Bray Wyatt up there. Because uh, I just don't see him. W. I, I, whether it be, be a good intention or not, WWE is still going to be dicks about it. True. I, yeah. And the, I, I like the end thing. I mean, that was the video, just the whole giving him, giving Brody Lee Jr. the uh, TNT title and retiring that specific belt for that title. Yeah, the yeah the belt itself. Yeah. Did you watch the? Um, did you watch the? Um, there was an exclusive one. After they showed the video, um, they came back. It was this on YouTube. I saw. 
It was. It had um, Tony. It had everybody that was in the ring at the time. But mm-hmm. Tony was uh, hugging. Uh, yeah. Brody Jr. Yeah, he was crying. Yeah. Tony Khan, you could see. Yeah. I mean, Brody and that's says, yeah, say, well, even Tony Khan's crying. And that's saying mm-hmm. something to me. If you, because Brody Lee was only part of AEW for what, five, four or five months, something like huh. that. I can't remember when he started. But even still, for I'm sure before that, Tony Khan really didn't know Brody mm-hmm. as a person. And for that short a period of time to bring tears to somebody's eye like that and things like that tells you something about the person's character. Yep. Like, his real-life character, not wrestling gimmick character. And, I mean, but at the same time, with all this, um, even, I was surprised with Cody, because... I didn't know what kind of terms they were on before, during all this, and because of the feuds and things like that, and I'll admit it, Cody has a bit of an ego. Oh yeah, Cody definitely. But does. I didn't know how what kind of terms they were on, and to actually see Cody break down like that too, kind of was surprising. Um, I'm looking it up, and it says uh, he went by the ring name Brutal Lee on episode of Dynamite, March 18th. Okay, so much. So ten months. Yeah, when everybody thought that uh, it was going to be Matt, going to yeah. be. And that's what he alluded to that too. He said that they were supposed to debut on the same day, and that because they wanted people to think it was going to be Matt, which would make sense to him saying the wonderful the way he did. Yeah. In that one recording where I said it sounded, I thought it was Matt Hardy. What I think but, is when when they do when they when the game does come out, which I'm thinking it's going to be next year or later this year. It'll um, be later. From my understanding, it's supposed to be later this year. They need to do a Brody cover or a Brody limited edition. Yeah, that's what I think. That, that's what I think they should do. Yeah, and, I feel it. It needs to be done too. And have some type of proceeds some portion of the proceeds or whatever proceeds go to the family. Even though yeah. that his shirt <laughs> his shirt uh, four hours after it went live. Yeah. Number, number one, one. shirt in twenty twenty. Which crazy. which I, if I'm doing the time frame right, I'm should be getting the shirt around my birthday. Yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna take. It's a seven uh five to seven days business days for printing. Yeah. And then seven to ten business days for shipping. Yeah. So that's going to be about, give or take, 14 days. Yeah. It'll be close to my birthday. Uh, and I'm also not banking on it taking that long, considering so many were ordered. I don't think so either, but. So I'm, I'm going to bank on it being a little bit longer than the seven to ten days. Yeah. Because, I mean, a printing press can only go so fast. True. <laughs> here now what was here's a question for you what was your and 
AEW, what was your favorite match that Brody Lee had been a part of? I would say... Let me think. They didn't really have too, too many matches. And... In uh, all the wrestling, I would say, I would say it would probably be the Cody match. Which one? They had a couple. The, well, not the squash one. <laughs> oh, okay. Not the squash, because that 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 was as brutal out of everything. Yeah. But the dog collar match. Yeah, that's what I would say. My favorite one was, which he said that was a match that he had been dreaming about having. His whole career it was a dog collar match. Yeah, that that match, like that's, I, like I didn't know what a dog collar match was. Yeah. So of course I looked it up. I saw I did see a couple matches. I saw the brutal, uh, Roddy versus uh, Valentin, yeah. Hammer. That was that was something else. That was really brutal. Yeah. But that that dog that dog color match was brutal as well. They were yeah. everybody was bleeding. Everybody. Oh yeah. And I guess he actually was injured in that match. Like that was a legit thing. He actually was injured. Oh yeah, I definitely I would definitely see that. I mean, I, w- I wish he would have done one at least one more match after the dog collar match. Yeah. Maybe I try. I I wish he would have got the the, the AEW championship though. Like yeah. Moxley. I honestly I wish he did. Yeah. Man, that match in CZW. I don't know if you watched it. The one I sent. Just to see him and Moxley go at it in CZW, and that was ridiculous. That's like oh. the only match I ever seen in them both in another match outside of AEW. Was that and it was a uh, for the title, and it was a hardcore match. And God, he messed Moxley up. But Moxley still ended up winning. But he messed him up. But Moxley could take a fucking beating too. Yeah. Well, he uh, Brody Lee called like motion for the back, and like people like workers brought out a giant glass pane, and he had him lean it up in the corner of the ring, and he did a running power bomb to. Mo- Moxley through that glass, and I was like, "Oh, that didn't look too bad." And then he showed Moxley climbing up the turnbuckle, and he had blood all over his back. I was like, "Oh God!" And then he freaking powerbomb Moxley through, or no, he was gonna powerbomb Moxley through a table that he dumped thumbtacks all over. Jesus. Yeah, but Moxley ended up reversing and had him up on the ropes and picked him up and powerbombed him through the table, and that's how he won. I was like, Jesus. When, like, when I first saw him, I thought he was old. Yeah. Like, I thought he was really old. I was like, how old is this guy? Yeah, like, he looked he looked so old because of the beard and everything. Yeah. But then I looked at him up the first time I saw him, I was like, he's like 30, he's like 40-some years old. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he was... His matches, like, like WWE match wise, I think 
it it was definitely one of his blood uh bludgeon brother matches to uh, me to me uh i mean those were good but honestly to me his best match and it's only because they actually put an actual singles title on him was his match against Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title okay he won that Which, I don't know how long that reign was, but it was a good match, and I probably wasn't, I doubt it lasted that long, because it was Luke Harper, and they screwed him over constantly, in my opinion. Let's see here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he threw, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Wikipedia, and this, I'm looking at a couple of things. Yeah. It's Intercontinental, uh, this, this was probably within the year, not even... Uh, probably at the end of the year, towards the beginning of the new year. Let's see here. He had his reign ended, started on the. Let's see here. Won the match against Dolph Ziggler at TLC. This yeah. was tw- 2014. Yeah. 27 days reign. Oh boy. <laughs> big number. Oh big, boy. Big, big number for that guy. Yeah. But. Yeah, he lost it on December 22nd episode of Raw. Yeah. And then he threw John, then he threw Moxley through a, well, not, they didn't throw him through a ladder. I think they both went through the ladder on at WrestleMania 31. Yeah. He suplexed him. He suplexed him, didn't he? Yeah, I think he suplexed him. They both came down on, like, lengthwise of the ladder. Yeah. I believe. Like, it wasn't a cross, it was along the ladder. Yeah, they both got fucked up. <laughs> Moxley, Moxley took most of it, but he they definitely got messed up there. Yeah. And then they can never leave the Wyatt family down and dead. Yeah. Every time he left, he came right back. I'm like, why are you guys... That's why I said, like, WWE just didn't know what to do with him, so they just kept throwing him back in either tag teams or the Wyatt family... He just needed to, they needed to give him a good singles run, but they never did it. No. They, he even said whenever they, in the, whenever they were the Bludgeon Brothers, they, at one point, Rowan had gotten injured, his shoulder or something, I can't remember what it was, he got injured. And he literally said, and there I was, sent home. Because they didn't know what to do with me. I was like, wow. That's a good company there. Right. Your partner's injured. Well, go fuck home. Now, on to... Since we're talking more about his life in a couple uh, for a while here, let's talk about see what they're going to do about the title. The good old TNT title. Yeah. Honestly, I like the um, simplicity of the original one. It wasn't all flashy. It had the gold. It had the t- TNT. It had it was kind of plain, but it still had flair to it, and I like that. So I'm hoping yeah. they kind of stick close to something similar to that, and not try to go all out designy, flashy, kind of like the AEW title. Yeah, the AEW title is huge. Yeah, like, I don't feel it needs to be something like that. I feel that 
I didn't like. Okay, I, I will say this: I didn't like the red belt to that. It just was awkward, and I didn't like the roundness to it, like the circle, it, yeah. like to it. I kind of me maybe it's just my own opinion, but I like titles that have like a kind of a shape to it, like the faceplate does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The there is okay. I will say this: probably the I don't. I think it's the IGP or IWGP. Heavyweight Championship in New Japan. Yeah, no, I know. I do like how they do theirs because instead of having a nameplate, they have a faceplate where they take out, they replace it with the actual wrestler's like faceplate, like his like stock image or whatever you want to call it, which is kind of cool. Instead of actually having just the nameplate, it's the actual image of the wrestler. To me, I think they need to go. They need to change the whole design itself. Yeah. Like I, I would be okay with, like the silver wasn't too bad. I didn't care for the gold really. Yeah, the silver wasn't bad. It just, it looked yeah. too. Yeah. The unfinished, wanna... the unfinished, the unfinished was really good. Yeah, the unfinished was good. It's just it needed the black was kind of unpainted all the way and things like that. Mm. To me, it looked like. It just needed a touch up on like paint wise, and maybe making. I I would like to see them have a white strap title because I like to call. I just like white straps on titles. That's my own personal. Like the original, uh, Intercontinental title was white instead of whatever they have now. That thing is ugly as sin. Oh, that that, that Intercontinental title is terrible. And also the United States one too. Yeah, but. Yeah, they they need to do something good, which they might have maybe a design for it soon. Like because of course Darby's still the current champion. Yeah, they said that straight out. Yeah, he's always he's still the champion. And so we got to see either they might change it towards Darby's look, maybe, or change it. To me, I think they should, they should have gave Brody Lee Jr. They should have gave them, gave him a design Brody Lee belt. Like Dark somebody Lee. actually had made one of those, like an image. I found saw it on Twitter. I think I have to go find it. I have to send it to you. It was really cool looking, but it was like a actual Brody Lee designed TNT Championship. That's the what I think. The strap was like purple and yeah. Yeah. That's what they. That's what they should have done, because now they got to think of a whole new design. Yeah, but but I'm I'm happy what they did. Yeah, I'm and, not gonna say anything bad about it. Yeah, for all I know, they may have been thinking about because if they retired it like that, they may have already been considering changing what it looked like to begin with. Maybe, yeah, it's a possibility. Um. With this, like we had talked about the other day, I also feel like this would be, as much as painful as it is to say, this would be a perfect time to give the Dark Order a push. Yes. Put them in a title match, let them win the titles. Whether it be Stu and Uno or Reynolds and uh, Silver, which those two would be the best, in my opinion, because how over Silver is with the fans. Yeah, they, Silver's way over with the fans. 
way, way over. <laughs> he he's the muster boy. What who what is he? Uh, he's the muster boy, he's the Skittles boy. <laughs> Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy. <laughs> but like, um yeah, I thought I, so I thought I thought I would never see a smaller man than Daniel Bryan, like how tall he is. Yeah. Go like crazy and <laughs> as he is. But like, yeah, John John Silver. Like, I didn't know what he who he was first when AEW started. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know who he was before AEW at all. Him or but John Alex Silver Rumble. is like, he's like, he's in my top ten. Yeah. He definitely is. Like, oh. and the other thing is, I know, not call, like, the exalted one or anything like that, but some sort of leader, um, if they were to bring in, and he would actually, they would actually eventually happen, in my honest opinion, Dustin Rhodes wouldn't be that bad of an, a choice to be. It, it wouldn't be a bad choice. Don't call him Seven because he hates that name. But well, no, I, honestly, I think seven would be it'd be like a redemption thing, kind of like giving him a chance to show that seven wasn't just a joke. I mean, it could be like that than a brother versus brother feud again. Yeah, which we all love that feud. Yeah, that feud was good. Well, that match, I should say. But Rowan, Rowan needs to, if if they sign if they sign Rowan yeah. or whatever the. Red, Eric Redbeard or whatever he calls. Yeah, Eric Redbeard. I was like, really? <laughs> but um, everybody just called him Rowan. They didn't yeah. care. But it was they. He needs if they sign Rowan, they he needs to be he needs to be with the Dark Order. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to be singles. He needs to be with the Dark Order. That's yeah. I think that's where Brody would like him to be. Yeah, that's my same thoughts. Like, not as, maybe, is there a number three yet? I don't think there's a three. Yeah, there's a number, okay. Basically how it goes is, Brody was the exalted one, but he wasn't number one. Udo is number one. Uh, Grayson is number two. I think Silver is number three. Alex Reynolds is number four. Angels is number five. And then... Cabana is number eight because the the way I Bruno said is because the two O's and boom you turn them around they're an eight. Okay. And so, then Anna J is number ninety nine. Then you have number ten. Yeah. So you got yeah Uno number one. And Paige would probably if he would join would be number six. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't have a they don't yeah. have a six. There's you got the Uno Stu. Alex is number three, John oh, is Alex, number okay. four, and then Alan Angels is number five. Yeah. There's not a six. There's not a seven, unless Dustin comes in. Yeah. Then eight, which nobody knows who eight is. There's yeah, not well, a eight here. Nine. You know, you know, has literally said on a stream that Colt Cabana is oh, number eight. They're going to call him eight, okay. Yeah, basically, that's what I said. He said that the two O's and boom, because boom, boom. Okay. He said that you turn that around, or you turn it, and it's an eight. You put them together, and put, so that's that's how they got the eight. Then nine, we don't know who nine is. Yeah, and there ten, wasn't any. 
10 is Preston. Yeah. That big it, guy. That he yeah. that match was good. The yeah. main event. And then you get Anna. Anna? Anna? Yeah. <laughs> Anna, which Brody Lee handpicked her number, which was 99. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you got Brody Lee. Yeah. Which I'm looking at Wikipedia once again for the Dark Order list. I like how it's it, it, it says... So, it says, former Mr. Brody Lee joined the 18th of March and then left December 26th. Yeah. Really? They didn't really, really leave. <laughs> I mean, physically he left. Yeah. But... <laughs> He's always going to be a part of the Dark Order. Yeah, no, nothing. Then you got... Then you, uh, got, then you ne- got negative one. Which you is got insane. negative one. Yeah. You got negative one. I forgot about negative one. But I can't wait. I can't wait to see him coming yeah. up. And that's gonna be amazing. That video I sent you, though, him beating oh on my the dark order of that kendo stick is freaking hilarious. That's so amazing. <laughs> but it was just funny because John Silver tweeted it out, and he was like, "He's beating on us worse than Mr. Brody ever did." <laughs> Like if, if his if it, if it's allowed, I don't know if it would be allowed just to have him on just BTE, yeah. like that that would be great. I mean, it's possible that they can probably work something out, considering they he moved his whole Brody Lee moved his whole family to Florida. Yeah. So I mean, it's not like they're that far from the location and stuff, so it wouldn't be right. that hard for them to go there. No, but that that would be just amazing. Just have him on BTE. Yeah. But um, I'm sure he'll make some sort of appearance mm-hmm. on it. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually add the thing that they recorded to BT from on for Monday. I wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, that BT is going to be interesting. I wonder what they're yeah. going to do. But there's no, I don't think they're going. I don't think they're going to have like another leader though. No. Honestly, I mean, I think they'll eventually get somebody to because somebody's got to be at the head of the Dark Order, and Uno wants nothing to do with that. He's already said himself he doesn't, can he's never considered himself the leader. Like I had to correct somebody on this because they're like, yeah, well, somebody said that Uno could be the leader of the Dark Order, and somebody's like, no, he was the leader when they first came, and nobody really cared. I said. Uno was never the leader of the Dark Order. He never claimed to be the leader of the Dark Order. I said, and before the Dark Order even came to AEW, they were just Stu Grayson and Evil Uno in an independent tag team after they had went from being the Smash Brothers and he went from being, Uno went from being player Uno to Evil Uno. Mm-hmm. I was like, people need to like, get their facts straight before they start rambling off shit that ain't true. And it's, the thing was great, it was one of the people who act like they know everything about wrestling that I know, and then I just shot him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you're wrong. Not, not <laughs> happening here. But, I mean, the only person I could feel, and I wouldn't even consider him to like take a dart like Brody Lee's place, but at least join in the stead of everything would be after that match would be Lance Archer and 
Jake the Snake Roberts just being there in their back, like, because you, I'm sure he could really get in under people's skin if oh, they wanted yeah. to make them go hill. Yeah, that's that, that. That wouldn't that wouldn't be too bad. Having because just to have Jake as a heel manager for Dark Order, it would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be too too bad. But I feel like Dust Dustin, he's not really doing much. Yeah. He he needs he needs to do something else. I know like he doesn't really want to do too much anymore. But Yeah. But he needs to he it would be amazing to go back. To, well, not back to 7, but a newer version of 7. I do believe, though, he's starting his own wrestling school because he posted yes. some pictures on Twitter of some rings that they were that were being set up, and he's like, it's almost done. Yeah, I saw that. So th- that'll be kind of cool if they're actually going to make the actual Nightmare Factory. Um, Let's see, we got a little bit off topic of talking about the Dark yeah. Order. And then... <laughs> well, I mean, Dark Order is still it's... part of Brody Lee's thing. Yeah. Now, I'm wondering, though, if, since Negative One is technically now under contract, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they're going to actually utilize him for anything at all while he's under contract. Even though he's a kid, I'm sure they can find something for him to do. They they can definitely have something to do. Freaking Matt Hardy brought his freaking baby in the ring. Yeah. They could definitely do something. Like, they could even, like, possibly, I don't know, well, yeah, I don't know what the laws are right now. I don't know if you have to have, be trained to be a manager in order to come to the ring. As I say, they could even have him come down as, like, almost like a manager position where he's just outside the ring with he, them. He might have to be. Maybe, I don't know what the rules are in Florida. Yeah. Because I know Cause a lot of states now, you have to be trained as a manager because you have to be trained to take bumps. But if you're not putting him in a situation where he has to take a bump, where he's just out there off to the side or just like watching, maybe yelling certain things here and there. It's going to be interesting. Like whenever the ref's distracted, he could carry that kendo stick around, throw the kendo stick in the ring. Like how he beat the shit out of MJF? Yeah. <laughs> Do you see off off topic again? Do you see him on Twitter? Yep. <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> Somebody's like, he never breaks k kayfabe. I was like, no, that's not no. MJF. He never no. breaks character. <laughs> never. Not one bit. I love that. Um, but on the topic of Brady Lee and everything. I mean, I've known him since WWE. Like I said, I've watched matches on the indies after I found out who he was. And seeing the stuff he can do. And he had just get started getting started in the AEW. I feel like he had a lot more to show. And it was just cut short. Definitely. And he had so much potential throughout his career to be so much more. But it was held back for those eight years he was a part of WWE. Which is sad. It is. Really sad. But 
at the same time, I'm glad that he also had that chance to touch all the people and put that effect in people's lives to where they were affected by this. They put this much effect affection on wrestlers, and hopefully it'll help them to understand and realize what they what a good wrestler is, what a good person you can be in wrestling, and not just be a dick. Because mm-hmm. there are tons of wrestlers who are just dicks to people. Yes, there is. And I'm hoping that that going forward we're going to see more people that are like him where they're bigger guys but they also agile they also can do things that you wouldn't normally see somebody their size do like Keith Lee yeah but yeah it's I mean I mean, there's a lot to talk about him and a lot to say about John. Yeah. But nothing comes to mind other than what we've already been talking about so far. Yeah. Going on. I mean, without actually knowing the person, I think we've covered a lot. We, we cover, we, we, yeah, we covered a good bit. I mean, from different things that we've seen in his career and things. It would have been different if we would, at, we would have actually like met him, actually met had him. a conversation, mm-hmm. things like that. But from, that, would have been, that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I know, because I've talked to some people who actually had conversations with him and actually like hung out when he was in the Indies, had hung out with him and stuff in New York. And they said he was a really nice and had a great time like just hanging out with him and talking and stuff. I feel we, this is a good ending to this. Yeah. Good right. beginning. Good beginning as yeah. well. Well, I mean, good ending to our segment for today. Yeah. It's part, ne- next one is probably going to be a little longer, but... No, it all depends it, on the topic. Well, I feel like it is. <laughs> okay. But, um... I've, there's one thing that we forgot to do at the beginning. What? We forgot to introduce ourselves. They don't know who we are. Oh, yeah. Well, we can do it now. Yep. For the Wrestling Rib, I am Marcus. And my name is Aaron. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Later. Bye.